This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crenn, Sheila Highland. It's episode 40, and Sheila's on vacation. She will report on whatever it is she's doing when she gets back next week, Mr. Crenn. I'm excited uh, about this episode because this episode, uh, with Sheila uh, out, uh, we always miss her, uh, and no guests, and, and, and our producers out. We're just hanging. Larry, it's Larry and I hanging, and I thought, you know what? No one gets to interview Larry to see what you're all about. Go a little deeper here in, in, in what where you came from, how you got to where you got to. So I think this could be a nice little uh time to do that what do you think? i never Mind? thought of that as a premise but uh, why not right you're gonna interview me i'm gonna just interview you on our podcast yeah. i like it sure you know just yeah i don't get to, no one interviews no me. one ever you interview everybody you all every you know there's the voice of pittsburgh everyone knows that voice and and you're gonna interview them and but they don't well what about larry so so i want to ask all right larry it, you're a pittsburgh guy a lot of people that they say they're from Pittsburgh. Maybe they're here for a few years or maybe whatever. But you grew up born and raised in Millville, right? Right. My mom from Millville. Uh, my dad from Woods Run in the north side. Okay. So when they got married, they moved to where my mom was. Sample Street is where I was born, which is parallel to North Avenue. That's the main drag in Millville. Right. And my mom's family, relatives. It's kind of crazy, Jim. It's like quintessential Pittsburgh thing where my aunt, Uncle, grandparents were all within a very small, uh-huh. you know, footprint in Millville. Mm-hmm. So we lived in a two-bedroom row house, didn't have a dining room, had a living room, and a very small kitchen, no bathroom on the first or second floor, one Pittsburgh toilet in the basement, and a shower, and... That's where so I grew a, up. So you had a silver spoon in your mouth. You're pretty much, pretty, were trust, you're pretty much pretty, a trust fund kid pretty is what much. you're saying. <laughs> so <laughs> how many how uh, many people were in the house, brothers, sisters? So at that point, uh, I was the third child. So there were five of us in this uh, little, little row house. But, you know, I never realized how tiny it was because <laughs> we, we moved. My dad got a job. In Wexford, which was like the northwest like country. Oh my God! <laughs> my mom was a city girl, so she didn't drive, didn't have a driver's license. Right. So we moved out to Wexford when I was three, which was the northwest territories. <laughs> yes, I mean, you're, 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 Park. you're like fighting cowboys, cowboys and Indians. So you're you're out. It's like it's right. It's like and how this, the West was won out there. And the reason, part of the reason we moved is my <laughs> brother, the fourth brother, came yes. right after we moved out north. 
and my dad got this job at Barrel Chevrolet. He worked there for 25 years, 40 years in the car business, and then wow. my sister came later. So there were five of us, four boys, my sister, I was the middle child, and then I grew up in McCandless Township and ended up going to North Allegheny. But cool, we would go to Millville all the time it, because that's where my that's mom's your folks were. Family, but that's pretty cool that your mom and dad were just hard work. What good role models, I think, when you think about it, you know, I mean, just bringing it, you know, you raise your family and putting a time in like that in, in your dad, you know, growing actually, you know, going from there to Wexford is pretty, I remember in those days, that was a cool thing. If you got to the suburbs like that, it was cool. It still is, but I'm just, you know what I mean? Well, what was really, and we appreciate it even now more than ever. And you've been a part of this when we walk with our buddy, Bob Bazelli from 23rd yeah. and Vine out North in North Park. Park. Mm-hmm. I know some of the trails and you guys are like, how do you know this? And this is literally was my childhood backyard. I lived right next to North Park near the swimming pool. And when I got to the age where we used to bike. That's why you know this. this yeah. Is. Oh, and my God. You're like a black wind, rock like trail. Like wind walkers. Like Larry to touch, taste the soil and leads us somewhere. And I'm like, oh, my God. I tried going without Larry once and was lost for three days, my, Bob and I. You know, that's actually funny, Jim, because you and Bob were so... I guess, mystified on how I knew all these trails. I thought I could do it. I was with Doug, Mariana, and, and Bob, and I took him. I said, I got this. You got him lost in the woods. I was lost. It was like those old movies where I was like, leave me behind with one canteen and just go. Live your life. Remember me. Just let me lay here. Well, still to this day. Found the road. Uh, last weekend, I walked with Bob. You ended up taking off on us for the weekend. But so Bob and I walked. I showed him some new trails, and he, he was scratching his head. He's a Bloomfield guy. <laughs> And I'm the same. But his dad was a it's county amazing. policeman, so he said, you know, in his youth, he, he knows used to South go to Park. North Park. Yeah, he knows But North he Park. knows, yeah, the county parks, obviously, right. if you're a county policeman. Uh, so it was pretty cool, but that was my backyard growing up. And I ended up going to six years of Catholic grade school at St. Ursula. Okay. Now, even though we lived in McCandless, we were in the footprint of Allison Park. Most of Allison Park's in Hampton. Okay. So most of the kids I went to grade school with ended up going to Hampton High School, and then I ended up at North Allegheny. So, so when you were in school, when you were a kid, like I, I won a talent show when I was a senior at North Catholic, and I did you? I, I thought I knew I wanted to be a comedian. I wanted doing comedy, and I just knew it. I don't know why. I just knew it. God blessed me, and I thought I just want to do this. Was there a point that you did you know you wanted to be in the media, a, a, an actor, comedian on radio? performer in some way shape or form when you were say in high school maybe 1768 in that era or when was that when did you know when i was a senior i ended up in a talent contest and it was a big deal to me because i actually don't consider myself ever at any point <laughs> even now after taking singing lessons from beth clausen a singer singer but i sang ZZ Top's LaGrange. Really? Because it was just it was the, cool in that time. Rumors spread and round that right. takes us down just a step outside LaGrange. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. You yeah. know, just let me know if you want to go. So I did it because I knew this guitar player named Jerry Nardini, who was this phenomenal guitar player as a okay. high school senior. So I did the stage and I kind of fell in love with. The stage. The applause, the, 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 the energy. But my future wasn't going to be singing right. on stage. But you knew it was performing. But 
When I was a senior, North Allegheny had just built the new high school, which is now the really old high school up on the flats in Wexford. Okay. And they put in a color television studio, but they didn't really know what to do with this new technology. So they created a pilot program for 12 students, and I was one of them. And I really fell in love with the TV, radio. And one of the guys in that class ended up going to Clarion University and said, Larry, I'm on the radio up here. You got to come up. And that's how it started. So you were able to join your buddy on his show and start like that? or Well, when I went, yeah. I was going to go to Edinburgh. Okay. So when I gra- I graduated a year early so I could be with my older friends. Your buddy, we were like friends. that. I was like, oh, it's IAP. Same thing. Yeah. Buddy, all my buddies went. See? And when we were in this class at North Allegheny, our job was to put like a three to five minute video story together almost like a mini news story. Right. And then we would work as different crew members on each other's projects. Well, I narrated my own project. They showed it to the school board. One of the school board members, the teacher told me, said, I thought this was for the students. And she said, it is for the students. Well, where did they get that narrator? Wow. And she said, well, that's one of my students. Uh, Jim, as as important as any positive reinforcement is, and you know being a lifetime performer now, right. that right. Was gave me a little confidence to say, well, maybe I can do that. And and since my dad worked so hard and always wanted to get an education, he was going to go to Duquesne, but started a semester, but he couldn't afford it, had to work, he had the kids. Right. He pushed education, self-discipline, Find your passion. You know, all this stuff. And he used to put, remember the Dyna labeler? Yes. He would put, he got a Dyna labeler. He was so excited. <laughs> he would put motivational stickers on the window or the mirror in the bathroom. A great, great role model and so there. we go up there. Positive attitude. Huh. Enthusiasm. Yeah. Set huh. your goal. Self-discipline. And my friends used to come. They used the a bathroom. Print. They'd make fun of it. And then... It stuck because my dad created a patch that said master self-discipline and become a mental millionaire. He was giving me a blueprint. So he said, don't worry about the money. Find your passion. Do something you're passionate about, whatever it is. Right, right. And the money and success will come. And at very least, you'll be doing something you love and you won't be in a job in many cases, people do what they have to do. So I, so, I understand and respect that. So it's a gift. You know, we believe in God. It's a gift from God. I, I, I know that. I feel like I felt the same thing with comedy, but when I was a kid, you just feel something special about it, something euphoric, something healing about it to other people. Okay, now here you are. You get this person, in a way, discovering you, because saying, you know, and, and giving you that confidence you needed. At that point, how do you get to that point and turn it into anything well i graduated then and stayed home a year to work because i needed to make some money so that i could afford to go to school dad didn't have a lot of money he said we'll do whatever we can to help we just can't write checks so you're gonna have to work and figure this out so i worked at a foreign car dealership it was a small place (laughs) i was the person i was the parts guy oh okay (laughs) I used to drive an El Camino stick shift 
kind of cool. And the radio only had AM. And I listened to KDK, KDK and WTAE with O'Brien and Gary. Which were really funny. They were this duo back then. It was April Fool's Day. And as a joke to the audience, they played Pineapple Princess by Annette Funicello (laughs) every song. But they would announce it like, here's, this is O'Brien. This is Gary. Here's Barbara Streisand. And then they would play the same song. And I thought, (laughs) and I'm driving around, right, with this El Camino that had this bad shifter with no knob on it. And the threads used to cut my hands when I was trying to shift. Still a cool car, though. And I'm hearing this and I'm going, that's what I can do that. I can do that. I want to have fun like those guys do. Yeah. And so, unbeknownst to me, my buddy goes to Clarion. And I was enrolled in Edinburgh two weeks before school starts. Mm-hmm. He goes, Larry, I'm doing this radio thing at school. You got to come. You got to do this. I switched schools, joined the radio station, never joined a fraternity because that became my fraternity. Right. These with people. all the people in right. radio. Camaraderie of it. And so I thought, well, I love this, but am I ever going to be able to make a living doing this? Everybody listening now that's 19, 20 years old, you're thinking that right now, whatever you're doing, can I make a living? And the answer is yes, right? Because you, like your father taught you, that structure, kind of just let it flow. Do you follow you followed your, your passion. So let's take you now, you're, you're graduated from, from college now. You have some experience on the local radio station. How do you begin this career? What did you you had? Because we we you're like me and you and I are similar in a sense. That, you know, I come from let's go say blue collar family. I come from an entertainment family, so it's like how do I become an entertainer? Now for me it was comedy clubs to start and then ended up in radio. But how did you begin your career to to make money to start this? And so where? my dad's you know passion for getting us to get an education and follow our passion. Right was also combined with my mother's family. They were jokesters, funny, many performers just in the house, nobody on stage. I think my mother would have loved to have been an actress or on stage. But my older brother, Dave, got the first recorder. You know, it was the first mini reel-to-reel that I ever saw. And he did impersonations. And he would entertain our relatives (laughs) when they would come. Then he got a cassette player. And... He kind of set the bar. And then my oldest brother, Ken, went to IUP. Right. He was on the radio first. So everybody had some form of entertainment. So here I am at at Clarion, WCCB. This is the college radio station. Then they had a public service FM. I became the station manager. I did play-by-play sports for football, basketball at Clarion. And then I still didn't think I could get a real job, but I got an opportunity at Y108, which is the country station now, it's in our group in Odyssey, Pittsburgh, and it was in the Fulton Building. Which it's, is an incredible break to explain to the listeners. That's incredible because Pittsburgh, there's 250 radio markets in the country. Pittsburgh's a top 30 market in the country. And back uh, then it was even higher. Yes, probably about 12 to 15. Right. And so to get a job out of college, usually you have to start in the 200th market and work your way up. So for Larry to just jump to like the 14th, 15th market, whatever it was in the country, and like I said, still a top 30 market, that is phenomenal for you. So you had to have some chops. How did you get the job, man? Did you just send tape? Or how did you get it? 
I had a friend who was my program director at college. He ended up graduating. He was ahead of me because he was a senior when I was a freshman. He got a job at WEEP and WDSY, which is Y108. And then he's the one who opened the door for me to send a tape and got me the opportunity to audition. And a guy named Ted Sawyer, who's still around, he does WQED stuff, got a great voice. He kind of gave me that first big shot in the commercial world in Pittsburgh. The only other thing I did in Clarion was the town station, WWCH. I did American Top 40 where they came on records and you would play the record. And the only thing we did live, Jim, was the ID at the top of the hour. Right. So my first paid gig, and I mean it was like seven bucks an hour. Right. Was to say this. It's 7 o'clock, WWCH, Clarion, Pennsylvania. Brought to you by Mong's Milk, fresh from the mood of you. <laughs> That's it. Makes me want to buy milk. And, but <laughs> it sounds glamorous when you say, oh, you got to the big time in Pittsburgh. However, at that still time, a kid. You're still WDSY was Daisy. Right. And right. they did this weird thing <laughs> where they played popular country music like they did on elevators for Muzak. They turned it into an orchestra. So they they dubbed it the Daisy Custom Orchestra. Right. So you would hear a song like, uh, at the time, Johnny Cash, right. Dottie West. But it would be an orchestra playing their music. Interesting. Oh, so I remember I, the I, liner <laughs> cards. W, aggressive. You ready for this? Yeah. WDSY, fresh from the moody you. No, that's the Again, other one. That's no, a product. I couldn't get away the from product's it. following But you. they say, WDSY, <laughs> Fresh as a springtime breeze. <laughs> so it wasn't a real popular yeah, station. So funny. I realized <laughs> in order for me to go up, I had to go out and leave the city to come back. I see. So I left. I was walking across then the 6th Street Bridge, which is now Roberto Clemente Bridge. Right. Smelling back when Heinz used to make vinegar up upriver. Oh, yeah. And it was stinging like in there. February. Mm-hmm. It was stinging my nose, blowing down the river, and it was like 20 below wind chill, and I was doing the 10 o'clock midday shift, and I got in, and the first song I played was Larry Gatlin, I've Done Enough Dying Today, (laughs) and I thought, I'm too young for this. Yeah, yeah. I got to go. And it was over. And where did you go? Where did you go? West Palm Beach, Florida. Nice call. Sent a bunch of tapes out. (laughs) Remember Kurt Gowdy? Yes. ABC legendary sportscaster. Great voices ever in history. Way yeah. back in the 70s and 80s, he probably predated that. Well, he owned a station called WEAT, which was a little country station in West Palm Beach. Okay. I sent one there and uh, talked to the program director, and he basically said, Well, come on down. Two weeks later, I left. I had a, bu- a buddy, my late friend Bob Rogers, who lived there. So I had a place to stay. Showed up at the station, and the guy's like, oh, oh, uh. What? Oh, yeah. He didn't have a job Oh, for wow. Me. So I moved. I said, I just. He was just talking. I like... said, I just quit to come down here. <laughs> what did he do? He says, well, we're, we're, not, we're not ready yet. I didn't know you were going to be here, so it was really uncomfortable. So I had sent tapes to two other stations, and I called a guy, WJNO which was an all-news station, News Talk, 
In West Palm, also. In West Palm. You know who was the midday host? Who? Mike Levine, who well, used to oh, be yeah. at KDKA. Yeah. So that was my part of my connection to KDKA. And they, we, I was there one day. <laughs> I was going to read news for eight hours wow. every half hour. Okay. We would rotate and read news. And I got a call that day, day one. Right. From another radio station, WIRK, and the program director and his brother were from Mount Washington. You're kidding. WIRK, the spirit of the Palm Beaches. He goes, Larry, I said, I just got a job at WJNO. He goes, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. Okay. So I'm doing eight hours. And it was only the first day. I didn't even finish the shift. Okay. He says, you can do afternoons, three to six. Wow. Five days a week. Cause you Full-time know, gig, man. Typically, radio, you start out at six days a week. Yeah. So if you're getting five, in the afternoon also, and, and you're in a, you're at the beach, man. And it this was, is like yeah. the cream job. This oh. is like a dream job for anybody. And it When was, you're a kid, it doesn't matter about the money. And the <laughs> music right. was contemporary music, you know, okay. at the time. Billy Joel, Elton John, you know, stuff. Cool stuff. Right, right. Spirit of the Palm Beaches, W-I-R-K. Sounds like a fun gig. Now, and the bonus <laughs> Anytime, was right? it was only one mile from the townhouse where my buddy had, and now I was living with him. So you could walk if you I had, had to or... tell John Pagano is his name at WJNO at the time. You're and I leaving. had to tell him, I go, John, I am so, I mean, this is crazy. I came here thinking I'm going to WEAT. They didn't have a job. <laughs> you were kind enough to give me a shot. I go, but I just got a call from Terry Lee at IRK. And he said, he's going to give me a job. Three-hour afternoon shift, five days a week, a mile from where I live for a hundred dollars more. And he goes, he, he goes, you got it. You got it. Okay, good. He was a good he man. Was cool, good person. He understood. He, he was from Morgantown. So, so how long did you? I mean, that'd be a tough gig to ever leave. I'm saying it sounds fun. Afternoons in West Palm at the beach. How long did that gig last? And then when would you make your move? To make move next. I was there for about a year plus, and then I started getting antsy. So I really? sent I sent tapes out because they. You know, Florida's great six months a year. Right. I missed home. Yeah. And I wasn't getting paid much. I mean, I was making 300 bucks a week. Right. It's just the start. It's just hanging out. It's fun. So I sent, there was a station, WJR, legendary station in Detroit. They were starting a new hot hits format with this guy named Mike Joseph, who was a legendary programmer. Okay. I sent to WROR in Boston tapes. And then to WTAE in Pittsburgh. We used to read, remember Radio and Records Magazine? Sure. Yeah. Everybody in the business that was used big. to go. We'd, that's where the, the you jobs go to the back, were. right? That's where all the jobs were. Yes. So that's how I ended up. Uh, I flew to Detroit and okay. I got the job, but they said, well, we're not going to decide who gets what shift yet. And I'm like, well, I'm not going to take a job where I don't know what shift I'm getting. Right. And it's six days a week. Then I got a call from Boston, a cost of living for the money. I'm like, ah, but then I got a call from WTAE. Wow. Mark Roberts. In your hometown. Ted Atkins. Legendary. With They were in the same building with the television station. They flew me up on People's Express. I remember that. In the (laughs) wintertime. Snow flying sideways. I'm like, do I really want to do this? I'm living in in West Palm Beach. Yeah, I know. uh, (laughs) You're back home. I met with Mark Roberts, gave me the tour, and then Ted Atkins. Did you ever meet Captain I met, Showbiz? I met, yeah, absolutely, knew Ted. Great guy, booming voice, guy that came from Fantastic. Los Angeles, Larry. Oh yeah, talking like that. Mm-hmm. He 
Smoked cigarettes. Yeah, knew him well. He was in a room where he had the blinds. It was almost like he was silhouetted. And <laughs> the job was Saturday night at the oldies, six big hours of two-minute records. Okay. And then a Sunday afternoon shift. And then three days a week, you're going to be the production director for the AM. And I was working with a guy named Larry Gerson, who was the production director for the FM. Okay. So twenty-seven grand, which was more than hey, I was making. That's great money. We're a single guy, and you're a kid, oh, and you're doing what you love. I thought and, I died went to heaven. Yeah, and you're in the top 25 market. So at the end of that one-day visit, wow. we go back to his office after Mark Roberts gives me the tour, and Ted says, well, I'm not going to sugarcoat this. There's a lot of production back there because they were the <laughs> rights holders for the Steelers and the Pitt Panthers. Okay. And he goes, it's a goddamn hornet's nest back there. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, okay. And he goes, this mean? Yeah, you're thinking, do you want the job or not? <laughs> oh. <laughs> right on the spot. Right. I was afraid to say no. I would, yeah. Too. I said, uh, you, you couldn't say yes, no. Yes, I'll take him, Mr. Atkins. Right. It's your, your home. So I flew back to Florida, put in my notice, packed up. Moved back home, worked there six years on the AM and then wow. the FM, which was at the time uh, WHTX. You were working with O'Brien and Gary, I'm sure. And then which Bogut is cool. came. Bogut came. And Jack Bogut, some of the greatest. This week, Iconic 1983, people. is the anniversary of Cigna and the K team. Wow. Starting after Jack Bogut went to TAE, television and radio. I was there when he came, worked with O'Brien and Gary. They moved to the FM. Then, a couple years later... I come over to KDK, work with John Cigna, and get my own television show. That How gets, did that happen, the TV show? How does the TV show happen for you? I got a, a call out of nowhere. Explain saying, to people that don't There's a morning show you had. It's a morning TV show. The concept's big now, but this was yeah. at the time. This well, was at the time, the, the no one was doing it. The local TV stations didn't have the news wheels that they do. I mean, Nothing they're on like the air it. at four thirty like in the morning. Nothing like it. They all they did was the network inserts of those right. two, three minutes every half hour. Right. Nothing like it. This so time. they go. We want to put a show on the air. And this was KDK TV is very conservative. So they said we want to put a show on the air, and we're looking for kind of a radio show on TV. It's a hybrid. Brilliant, so, actually. It's a cool right? idea. So. I worked at Ponderosa Steakhouse when I was a young guy. And the bun girl, who also went to North Allegheny, was this girl named Jocelyn Howe. Well, years later, she becomes the executive producer. I met Jocelyn, TV. yeah, sure. You met Jocelyn? Wonderful, yeah. Great, great. And this gal, I, 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 the late uh, Lorraine Sneebel, who just tragically was killed in a car accident, she was a mentor. So those two women got me an audition. And then Sue McInerney, who was the... I news director. Suit, I auditioned for yeah. KD Country. Yeah. Okay. And didn't get it. Came right. in second to this guy that had a lot of experience, okay. you know, who he did it forever in KD Country. And I thought, well, that's it. That was my shot in TV. Six months later, I did a comedy stand up at the Funny Bone that my brother Pat videotaped. Wow. Because my buddy, who was the program director at college, told me, 
do the things you're afraid to do okay. in this business. And you did a stand-up piece. And I was terrified, Jim. That's It can do that. Terrified. It, it does that But I had you. worked on doing some impressions. Right. Did a stand-up okay. on open mic night. Right. My brother videotaped it. It went over pretty well. We showed this videotape to Lorraine. She said, can I borrow this? She took it to work, showed it to the TV general manager. It was New Year's Eve. They were getting ready to go home early. Wow. She says, let me show you something. This is a friend of mine. He says, what's this guy doing? Oh, he's working in radio. And later it became, mm. what about him for our new morning That's TV show? weird how... I don't know. It's just something else. And then I auditioned for them again in the middle of the night under the cloak of darkness. (laughs) Ad lib. They threw stuff at me. Right. How are you going to handle this and this? Got the job. Right. Was on the air for about a year and a half. Got canceled. It becomes a hit, though. It was a hit. No, it it got canceled for whatever reason. Well, they they used the same crew to expand to two hours of news. Yeah, that's all. They went. But but it was still a really great show. I remember. Well, thank you. And I followed John Cigna for Mm -hmm. four years. Right. While we were playing music, and then they went to talk, and that wasn't my thing at the time. So, I said to the news director of TV. this radio thing's not going to work out anymore. I'm thinking that's half my salary. Right. Because I work for radio and TV. Right. She goes, nah, don't worry about it. We'll cover it. We'll cover Cause, it. Because okay. radio wasn't paying. They were paying a fraction of my salary. TV had the bulk of it. She said, oh, it's, we got this. Okay. So she goes, uh, what do you think about the weather? And I said, uh, well, the weather's fine. What else do you got? She goes, what do you think about the weather? Really? So <laughs> so that's how I became the weatherman for 10 years. That's how that happened. Yes. So you just said, you just, that was it. It's like, yes. it's a personality thing. It's not the fact that you, did you have to do some sort of it? Did you have to go to some sort of classes for this? Well, they sent me AccuWeather is they do have, one of the most recognized meteorological right? entities yeah. on the planet. Yeah. And they're up at State College. So I had to go up and do seminars and learn the equipment and the computers. And at the time, you know, computers were really just coming on right, television. Right. And I knew if I don't learn how to do this computer, You're I'm not going to have a job. Right. I just got married. I just had wow. a kid. You have to deliver. I got to do it. It's not an easy job. And I had worked screen. with Joe DiNardo, these great icons. Yes, and then meteorologists, too. Big time. Bob Kudzma, meteorologist, right. United right. States Air Force. Right. When Kennedy was yes, these guys went into hurricanes and stuff like. So here you are, and you're you did it though. You were successful, wildly successful, actually. I did it because I had a little wink to the audience, Jim. Right. I said like your personality. Hey, I'm delivering this to you. You and I, we we know it's not an exact science. We're we're giving you the AccuWeather information. I'm kind of just, you know, speaking in plain English. So you were developing your personality for what you do. In a weird way. But you then I had developing three, a three little kids at the time, and I was missing everything. Because when you work nights. Oh, I know. The hours are crazy. Including Friday nights. That's a big chunk of your week in life. Right. And my wife's like, you're missing life. And I'm like, I prayed for a change without uh, leaving the city. Because in our business. I believe in, yeah. To, to, to stay in the business. Yes, how do I do this? It looked like you're going to have to go somewhere. Right. In, in, at this age, how old are you at and this the point? F- you know, I'm 30, 
Yeah. Well, I started Early there when now? I was 30. So, yeah, I was probably 40. So you're at that point where, hey, guess what? Moving to another city is hard. Yeah, I'm right uh, at that point you, where. And, and you're at a real, and, and you said you're, and you prayed in that miracle. And guess what? God. <laughs> it was after the six o'clock news. I'm sitting in the weather center. Everybody was headed out to get something to eat. And the hotline rang. And I picked up the phone. And it was the GM of KDK, and he said, John Cigna's going to retire. That's not public yet. Would you be interested in being considered for the morning show? Oh, my God. The biggest show, the hottest, really, was you. Well, you and you were on the air with yeah, DVE. Well, yeah. I mean, you guys, legendary yeah. rock station. You were the king. I used to see you on the cover of magazines and be <laughs> envious. I'm like, look at that guy. <laughs> He's a comedian. He's having a great time. He's a cover boy. Never in my wildest dreams that I think I'd meet you. But this brings the whole thing full circle. It does. I said God works mysteriously. It took six months for me to kind of work it out because I had just signed a deal with TV. And even though they were in the same company at the time, it was a little touch and go. man. Yeah. But to their credit, a guy named Gary Cozen, and they worked it out. He was the TV GM. And I took over for Cigna. Who I was terrified because he had such a big personality. He, Eighteen it, years in the morning show. I yeah, I, he was a tremendous personality. And, his own and his talent. ratings. I remember we would always go toe to toe with him, with, yeah. with uh, Katie K at the and time. So it was the two titans were Katie K and DBE at the time. You right, know, we owned the city in the mornings, especially. Yeah. And so um, they said they wanted to do this big reveal. So Cygnus said, "I this guy's got to be a." Italian and drive a Harley. Harley. I'm like, <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah. So I married Italian and I Harley ride, yeah. but I did come in on a Harley fat boy <laughs> did in Gateway Center in the fountain. They were all worried I was going to mow people over. Like, I got this. So we revealed, you know, we had the dark shield right. on it. And then people said, boom. And I, I was terrified, Jim, because I, you know, everyone's going to say, you're not John Cigna. You're right. not John Cigna. Right. Do you know what happened? Five days later. September 11th, mm. the world changes. The whole station's focus is all about the news. I right. mean, in the moment, where are we going, what we're we doing. Right. And ironically, that war just ended fairly recently, but we've gone through COVID and the most divisive election of our age, riots, all right. the, the, you know, now the earth is on fire and yeah, and still you, here. And, and you were the calming voice. And, and, and it, it's amazing how it, it's it took off for you and because i remember when I, I met you when you first i guess you were just ready to start you were very you gracious started, so. i can tell you it was at the we, old hilton now the yeah, window right. we, we were, were in the some, lobby some we charity were doing a charity event and you came over and said larry jim crannon and i said i know who you are i know who you are you're <laughs> on the cover of all these magazines i think you were literally yeah. At, on the cover of another Pittsburgh magazine at that time, and yeah. I, I said something to you, and you were so genuine and gracious to me, saying, "Hey, I've been doing this thing, getting up. If there's anything I can help you with, you know, I I got kind of a game plan that gets me through it. I'd be happy to talk to you. We exchange numbers. Yeah, and then I remember that several years later, we were invited to co-host a red carpet event for the Chief the That's movie. Right. Yeah, yeah." Right? We hit it off there. Tom Chaffee. Yeah. And we interviewed Art Rooney and uh, Tom Atkins, the actor. and It, it was a blast. And, and together. And we go, we got to do more together. 
yeah, let's start working together. Let's do some stuff, man. Next thing you know, we evolved into, and here we are today. Like I said, God works in mysterious ways, man. We've been blessed. We've really been podcast. blessed. There's a lot of things to be grateful for, isn't there? And you, I, I, I tell you, with Steamworks not too long ago mm-hmm. in the North Hills, you did a stand-up, and it's it's a magic little place, you know, that uh, John Bento has on Route 8 there in Hampton. And I thought, I was thinking to myself while I was sitting there with your mom, <laughs> thinking to myself, just what you said, it's full circle. How did we get here? And Right? And look at this. I get to stand up and introduce Jim, and we're working together on all this stuff. We get to tell stories together. We lived a fantasy life. I mean, there's so much to be to thank thank God about because, Larry, you're one of the most unselfish people. Uh, just genuinely, you know, the I, it's just because you're my friend, but just say the definition of a saint is a 100% first-rate human being, and, and there are saints amongst us. I remember this priest telling us this. And uh, there's certain people, and you're you fit that bill, buddy. Is it you are 100% first rate human being, always doing charity, not taking any money for it, giving your time, and always unselfish uh, to everyone, always genuinely consistent too. Not just when cameras when he's off camera, everyone he's the same genuine guy. And so he has a chance. Larry uh, actually is uh, humble about his talent. He got into movies, and he wrote a movie. And it becomes a movie that's out actually right now. Actually, I think it's on it's on Amazon. I'm sure, and or Netflix or whatever. It's, it tells us a little bit about the movie, and, only, and I'm going to get into the Bruno San Martino documentary. Also, how we, how you how you helped me get it talking and going to Italy, which was unbelievable or work that so I could be kind of part of the you you became team somehow you got to go to Italy. I have no with idea how that happened. Me and Bruno San Martino and our buddy Donnie Iris, the and it's, coolest it was, thing ever happened. It was. I told you at the time, I go, Jim, we got to cherish this because this is magic. And, and, it, it, and was. it was. I yeah. still think of we talk about. It. So the, let's go to the movie here real quick. The, the Amazing uh, uh, Amazing Racer. racer. And uh, originally cool called Shannon's Rainbow. Mm-hmm. And it, the genesis of that was in 1999, on his 42nd birthday, two days after his birthday, mm-hmm. uh my best friend, Jeff Gardner, was tragically killed in his body shop. He wanted to be an actor, okay. handsome guy. He would go, remember Bruce Willis movie they shot here? Yeah, Striking Distance. Yeah, and he he always wanted to be an actor, but he was a right. body shop guy. Right. You know? There's a lot good of people looking, like There are people like that. Good-looking dude, had four kids. He That summer previously, he had gotten a real role. Uh, he was the, the lead in a sci-fi that was made in Boardman, Ohio. And I never saw him so happy, ever. He's tragically killed. Mm. Age 42, after he just told his family, you know, Elvis died when he was 42, and this was his 42nd birthday. I was crushed. And then there was a guy, John Mowad, who was acting with him, along with my brother, in that same film. And he said to me, At the funeral, I did the eulogy. He came to me and he goes, Jeff and I were going to write this story. He was going to help me about this horse and this young girl who becomes a sulky driver at the Meadows. And it was a treatment they wrote. Right. Will you write this movie with me? Wow. And at first I'm like, ah, no How do I do that? Yeah, it's like. You know, morning show too. At the time, I was a weather guy. Oh, okay. Before the morning. But I thought. I'm going to do this just kind of therapeutic maybe process. 
So it took us right because you just lost your friend. Maybe right. it's kind of you're stepping in. And over the course of that year, him. we wrote the screenplay, and then it built momentum. Momentum. My brother Dave is a camera operator. He's been out in L.A. for 30 years. Sent it to him. Share it with some people you know. This director Frank Johnson, who you yeah. met, read it. Great guy. Thought it was kind of cool. And then over time, we ended up making this feature film with Lou Gossett Jr., Eric Roberts, Claire Ferlani, Jason Gedrick. Daryl Hannah, I believe. Daryl Hannah. I mean, I'm talking like... Willie Garson, uh, who was on Sex in the City, who just passed away. All these great... And and we had a, so Kyle many... Eastwood, I think. Clint, Clint Eastwood's son. son. Yeah. He's a huge Scott. star now. Scott, he's, he's a huge Scott. star. He's on every other action movie now. Crazy. It is crazy if you How think about it. How does that happen? How do you... I don't... That's... Well, you talk amazing. about divine. There, I'm sorry. That I is the universe and God. Or whatever, it's, it's whatever you believe. With, with John Mowat as an it's homage to my friend Jeff Gardner. Yeah. And can you imagine what it felt like for me January 8th, 2013 at the largest theater on the waterfront in Homestead. There's Every seat in the theater packed for the premiere, including family members of my friend Jeff, his wife there. Wow. Wow. And seeing him, we put him in the movie. Wow. So his face and image is on screen. And that was the moment wow, where. Yeah. Powerful stuff. And then long story about the Bruno thing with the late well, Marty Lazaro. That's another and, thing. So this movie, uh, which you can get, you can get it on Amazon. This It's movie. on demand it's on, on demand. every streaming service. You Netflix, can get type that, it in Netflix. That, or, that has on demand. Yes. Voodoo, YouTube, it's Comcast. A good, it's good family. Direct TV. You yeah. mean the Bruno story? Uh, the Amazing Race and oh, the Bruno yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Now, the, the Bruno story is Larry calls me and says, hey, we're going to go to Italy and hang out They're putting Bruno. up a statue of Bruno in his hometown in Pizza Ferrata on the top of the Apennine Mountains in Abruzzo, about and, three and a half hours east-northeast yeah. of Rome. He said, what did you come? He said, you could help out the, with the, you know, with the uh, documentary and you could do some videos of my Facebook videos would get like 100,000 views or whatever here and there. And so I said, all right, well, Let's do this. And, and next thing you know, there's Larry, myself, Donnie Iris, and Bruno San Martino hanging out in Italy. It was amazing. And you put out those videos. It was the first time in my career when I came back, being on TV, being on the radio, that people recognized me from something on social media. <laughs> where I had these guys yeah, come at me right. at Bowser who I've been partners with for 22 years. I was in the showroom, and these guys, hey, Larry, we saw Jimmy Crenn's videos of you with Bruno in that town. I'm like, really? All these people? Because we, 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 you posted oh yeah, one picture of Donnie Iris, you and me, in the museum where the David is in Florence, had over 100,000 likes. Yeah, it was amazing. It was an amazing, amazing, phenomenal trip in, in memorable but the, the my favorite thing was we would sit in a hotel with bruno sitting there having a drink at the end of the day and larry would say jimmy you got to just take this all in man we're with bruno we're bruno san martino and if you're you know from pittsburgh and you grew up here and if you happen to be listening and you're over 45 or whatever you're gonna know what i mean it's like a god and if you're under that you read about it believe me this guy was amazing an amazing man. So Larry does this documentary, and it is a documentary you have to see. When I say amazing man, it is amazing. When you talk about like Larry's family giving him structure, his father and mother, Bruno, the same thing. Uh, he Larry had to do this movie twice because Bruno wanted uh, more homage to his mother. And when I right. saw it, I right. realized why he wanted that because his mother was such a hero 
not only for him but for everybody in the town in a way. And you saw a version of it in Italy that we showed on the tour bus into the town. Some of those people had experienced the trauma and tragedy of World War II firsthand themselves. Unbelievable trauma. Yeah. And you go, there. You got to narrate this because we kind of had a stretch. Well, thank you for that because Bruno goes, absolutely. So because of you, again, and Bruno saying, you got to be the guy, it all came together. We released Bruno Sammartino, the authorized biography of wrestling's greatest champion, May 17th, and it's out on all the streaming services where you get video on demand. It is an amazing movie to watch if you're into documentaries and it's it's more than wrestling though. It's more it, it does Bruno's life, but it's really phenomenal phenomenal story. It's really a great story of a mother's love Which, for her children and a son's love for his mother, recognizing what she sacrificed to keep him alive. It, and you know, Bruno used to say, mm-hmm. "I owe everything to his, to his mother because of her courage. I could endure great physical pain, yeah, but when it comes to my mother." I'll cry like a baby because I never wanted to disappoint her. Yeah, that. Yeah, he was genuine like that, and he really genuinely loved the fans. I remember just almost in tears, saying how the fans made him, and it's just amazing watching this guy. That you learn a lot from people like that. You know, wow, Humility. you took me down. I feel like Humility. Uh, I've just did some kind of uh, time warp. It's your therapy session. Uh, thank you. I feel, <laughs> I feel, do I pay you? or? Yeah, you know, can you, I, buy, you buy me a beer. We'll you get buy you me a beer. A, We're good, man. dog down the road. Yes, sir. Got, I can't we wait. Got, we, we got, got things. We got some things coming up. We're get still ready. doing things. You Jim, better, this is going to be big thank, time. Thank you. Thanks, brother. That was so a fun, much. fun show. Thanks for opening up and telling us about some of these great stories, Larry. We'll do it again, man. I love it. And we'll catch up with Sheila Hyland next time. We want to thank Dick Roberts, our producer. Always want to thank... Jim Petolsky, one of our partners from Face for Radio Productions. Download the free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or go to kdkradio.com and check out Larry Richard Unfiltered with Jim Crin, Sheila Highland, episode 40. That's a wrap. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.